You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we have any new callers today, so why don't we go ahead and kick it off with Trevor. Hey, Ryan, I'll be quick. So it seems like a lot of times when you have your second-string quarterback, whether they were not even a second-string, but like a, maybe a young guy you drafted in the U.S. system, but when they come in, it seems like there's some lower-on-the-chart wide receiver that um, ends up getting a boost because in practice, like for, for three years, Love has been practicing with, you know, lower-string guys in yeah. practice for the most part except when Rodgers isn't there. Like, well, I, I would think Watson and Dobbs maybe, which I'm sure they're building a good rapport, but they were practicing with the ones, you know, not love uh, last year. So I feel like Torre potentially is probably the best candidate for this, but um, yeah, I just don't know what your thoughts are. If there's any, I'm trying to think who else is there that could have been somebody that love is building a good connection with uh, while we're working out with the same string that could get like a boost just from having the, the reps in, you know? Um, but I feel like Torre is probably a good candidate for that. Um, and then, oh, for the songs of the season, I mean, I feel like people are missing the low-hanging fruit. Um, all You Need Is Love by uh, by the Beatles, you know? Yeah. I mean, pretty much all the lyrics are talking about love, 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 you know, there's a few in there. A few of the actual lyrical parts don't pertain, of course. They're never going to when we pick this, but um, I think, yeah, just go with that one. Go back up. Yeah, I'm guessing all of us know the song, so I don't need to go through the lyrics or the uh, the song, but yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um I'm trying to think back, you know, for example, in, um, well, I, I, I guess Rodgers didn't show up for OTAs and stuff, so Love would have had opportunities with everybody. But, you know, when you got more into training camp slash preseason time, when they went out there with the quote-unquote, well, Christian Watson was injured, so he wasn't out there. So it would have been Love and Randall and I guess Dobbs, huh? Which, yeah, would have left... Samori Ture, which in a sense seemingly is working against him because I think you're right. I think if there's any real 
um, strong connection that should be there, it should be the guy that worked with him the most, which would be Samori Ture. And seemingly right now, Dobbs is that dude. He's got the strongest connection with. But again, it was just OTAs, and we only got to see a couple of the practices. For all we know, and some of the other ones, Samori was just tearing it up. But that's where uh, training camp will be a little bit... Um, little bit more illuminating and it's also good too because when you get a little bit more real simulations as far as defenses and this is true for the um, shared practices which we have two of this year which I think is great I know the players hate it Rogers hated it I understand the risks are there as far as injuries and whatnot but I, I again I'm, I'm a big fan of practice and the higher the quality of practice the better and when you're talking about different styles of defenses throwing different kinds of stuff at you it's good to see who actually comes through that. You know, will Dobbs survive that, or is it going to be somebody else? Are we going to see Tucker Craft or Musgrave or Watson or whatever start to emerge as maybe the real threat for this offense with, with Jordan Love? Preseason, obviously, we'll see some of that too. So, Hey, one last thing for the tattoo. Um, Mike probably already has a tattoo at this point, but um, anyway. Uh, he just had, said it had to be like something pertaining to the team, so... Um, I think the biggest moment of the season was definitely the DeMar Hamlin thing. The Bills are one of his teams. You guys don't have a DeMar Hamlin theme tattoo. Maybe like his, his 23 number or whatever, you know, or uh, I don't know. Something, something related to that I think would be probably pretty cool and something that you're not really getting another team on you. You're just getting like, you know, something in, in memory. Not, that makes sense. you died. That's not what I mean, but you get what I mean. So anyway, I think uh, let the AI back, back come up with something with DeMar Hamlin related. That'd probably be pretty cool. Uh, go back, go. Yeah, or you, you gave me another idea. DeMar Hamlin makes sense. If you're going to focus in on players, find guys that are maybe former Packers, like, I don't know, Jake Kumaro, Micah Hyde, you know what I mean? Again, I'm sure you have the tattoo by now, but uh, it's, 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 it's a good thought. By the way, and I'll be honest, I forgot who it was, but you do need to call in and let us know what tattoo you got. I, I hope you realize that. I know you're out there somewhere. We've, we've put a lot of time into talking about that tattoo, so I hope you let us know what you got. Or if you haven't decided yet, you know, again, let's let's check back in, see where we're at, and, and you know, we'll move forward from there. Ryan, I am sick and tired of this broccoli slander. Broccoli. Oh. I personally love broccoli. It is amazing. No, you don't. You can steam it. You can eat it regular. You can put it in ranch, which kind of goes with your argument of if you have to put something on it, then it's not really good. However, I just said before that that I eat it without ranch yeah. most of the time. I can also eat it with other dishes. Okay. The slander on broccoli needs to go away. Go yeah. attack something like spinach. Spinach is... Dude, I first of all, I will take spinach over broccoli any day. Spinach is one of the few vegetables I will force down. There's nothing wrong with spinach. It, it hardly has any taste, which is kind of the benefit of spinach. Um, and one time I had steamed spinach, and I was forced to eat it. My uh, stepmom's stepdad, who was kind of a freaking douchebag. Anyways, he always had vegetables and took great pride in forcing me to eat them. I'll be honest, I enjoyed them, and nobody believed me, because they are like, oh, you're just saying that because you're scared to admit that you don't like it. And I was like, no, it's, it's actually not bad. I don't know. It wasn't It wasn't uh, the worst thing I've ever had. It was the nastiest-looking thing I've ever seen, but I was surprised that I didn't hate it. And, and, and actually, the steamed spinach looked exactly like the stuff you see on, on Popeye, where he, he comes out of the can like just this, it looks like seaweed. Anyways, l- let me just ask this, and and maybe this goes to my whole breakfast thing. Maybe did Tom, do you, you eat pizza for breakfast maybe you don't maybe you're a big like you know breakfast food for breakfast kind of thing i don't know but here's my thought 
I'm trying to think what you eat broccoli with. I have no idea. But you're looking for a side dish. Would you rather have broccoli or french fries? Would you rather have broccoli or a frickin' roll? Broccoli or baked beans? Broccoli or cornbread? Mac and cheese? I mean, the fact that we're even trying to put it on that, t- I don't understand it. I, I don't... Come on now. Honestly, the... Well, that's not true. My, my wife did make some stuff in the oven that was like doused in oil and salt and stuff that was semi-tolerable, but I mean, the the most tolerable way that I've ever found to eat broccoli is just raw. Because when you cook it, it just, the flavor comes out and it's freaking gross. It's really bad. And so it, it really just comes down to, not, not only is it bad, but let's just, let's just assume that it's tolerable. Why would you choose that over anything else? Like if you went to a restaurant and they're like, do you want fries, mac and cheese, what else do they offer? Like chips or a pile of broccoli. Would anybody on planet Earth, based on the taste of it, I'm not saying because I'm trying to be healthy or because I'm a vegan or because I like, you know, different colors on my plate, which I'll never understand. People watch these cooking shows and they're like, and we'll add this for color. You eat with your eyes. No, I don't. I do not eat with my eyes. Why is this on my plate? Well, it's pretty. I don't give a crap. I don't want it on my plate if I'm not going to eat it. If it's not making the quality of the food, and by quality of food, I mean the taste better, I don't want it. Who eats with their eyes? So stupid. Anyways, you literally don't eat with your eyes. I mean, that's, that's pretty verifiable. Never seen it. Maybe somebody's tried it. I've never witnessed it. I don't think it would go well. Sounds painful. Do I have to leave my eyes open when I dunk it in my food, or how does that work? Anyways, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I guess that would just be sort of a, a question that I have for you, Tom. Right, is it one of those foods where you're like, I don't know, man, sometimes I'm in the mood for french fries, sometimes I'm just craving some broccoli. Just some steamed, plain old broccoli. A little bit of salt. I can't imagine that that would be the case. Ain't still here, I find it okay, but I... It's way less likely that I'll eat spinach over broccoli. Oh, 100%. So stop the broccoli slander. No. All right. Find a different vegetable okay. that is actually terrible, like yams or beets. Yeah, probably. I never had them. All right. Leave broccoli alone. Leave it alone. I can't. It's bad. It All doesn't right. taste good. It tastes bad. It's gross. I will tolerate spinach. I recently... What, I, what I've learned is if you force yourself to eat food that's disgusting long enough, you can start to appreciate it. I did that with carrots. That's actually how I learned to, to drink uh, black coffee. I used to drink a ton of coffee, like in high school, but I had to have like sweet coffee with cream and sugar and everything. And I, out of laziness, I was like, dude, I really want coffee, but I'm so freaking tired of like mixing this every single time I go up and get a cup of coffee. So I just forced myself to drink black coffee, and it was disgusting. And I forced myself again and again and again. And, and it's, it, it's same with beer. It was the same thing with beer. The first time anyone has ever drank a beer, guaranteed it's going to be gross. But you know what? You force it down. Then you force another one, you force another one. And at some point, all of a sudden, you're sitting there going, you know what? I could go for a beer right now. And maybe that's what happened with you and broccoli. You got force-fed broccoli so much as a baby, which apparently my parents never gave me vegetables as a baby. That must have been the case. I have no idea. They're feeding me freaking, uh, well, I know I <laughs> probably shouldn't say it. I know I've had beer as a baby because it helps you sleep, you know? Anyways, um, that, that must be it. But I'm, I'm just telling you from the other side, it is gross. 
Broccoli is at best like beer and black coffee and everything else where you were force-fed it so much that you learned to like it. By the way, that's what I think happened with me and liver. Because I remember being a young kid, I loved liver, dude. It was great. I used to ask for that gray stuff when I when, when you know, I was like, "What do you want for school? Like, what kind of a sandwich? Like, what? Give me that that like gray stuff that you put on there." I never knew what it was. Loved it. And then I didn't have it for many, many, many years. As an adult, one time I bought some Braunschweiger, and I was like, "Maybe I still like it. I hope I do. Stuff's like pretty cheap and whatnot." Tried it. It was repulsive. But yeah, carrots. I, I there was a. Uh, guy who has a diet that I was doing for a while, real big on like micronutrients, and he had like three baby carrots a day or whatever. So I was like, oh, frick. So I had it, and I, I literally, like the first time I popped a baby carrot in my mouth, I was kind of like holding back gagging. It was that bad. But I kept forcing it down, and after like a week of forcing down carrots, it was like, you know, there's like a natural sweetness to carrots, which <laughs> I swear, prior to anybody... Prior to me forcing down carrots, I would have punched anybody in the face that said that. I remember uh, Peggy Bundy said that on Married with Children once. It was freaking hilarious because I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I was like, there's no sweetness in a carrot, you idiot. No, there is. It's in there. You just got to brainwash yourself by forcing down garbage. And that I'm, I'm just telling you, Tom, you don't realize that you're brainwashed. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's good. I mean, keep eating broccoli. Because if you stop, eventually you're going to lose that brainwashing and you're going to try it again. You're going to throw up. Which doesn't happen, by the way, with things like French fries and steaks, cheeseburgers. I, I, I could go into a hole for 10 years and come out and eat a cheeseburger. It's going to be delicious. I don't need to be brainwashed into liking cheeseburgers. I actually did that with celery, too, for a little. And then I, forget, and then I stopped. And I was on the verge of tolerating celery. And maybe I should do that with broccoli. Just force myself to eat a freaking head of broccoli every single day. Although I used to eat peas all the time. I never got used to that carrots and peas and stuff for dinner i was forced into eating vegetables when i was a little bit older stepmom and whatnot but never got used to it it was freaking gross just took it like a pill pop it in your mouth swallow it everything goes out of a can though you know so you you don't get to appreciate the freshness of this that or the other i don't i have no idea i don't know how any of that stuff works dude i don't i don't like it it's bad I think that's why there are people that don't like vegetables, though, because there's people who have been brainwashed into it and people that haven't. And if you haven't been brainwashed into the vegetable cult, you don't like vegetables, period. Nobody tries a vegetable for the first time at seven years old and is like, dude, that's good. Nobody. So it's the best I can do for you, Tom. Hey, y'all. This is Dakota, that nerd what up? in Tennessee. And, uh, I got you on speaker because I'm also reading part of this article. That's what I want to be talking about is this article from Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Um... And uh, it's a little windy, so hopefully it doesn't mess you may have to hear me. But anyway, so I started, you know, looking up Wisconsin Sports Heroics uh, articles, you know, after your rant over Colin Coward, which I absolutely adored that entire podcast. That was awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, you said they kind of started their uh, Wisconsin Sports Heroics kind of um, – corner to market at the moment so decided to go on there and read some stuff and i found one that by the way big shout out to wisconsin sports heroics we we were partnered with them at one point had a uh, podcast on here that is no more not for anything bad just you know the people that were hosting it didn't feel like doing it anymore but um i remember when they started it thinking like you know the 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 sites that are in there are pretty well established it's going to be hard to just start a website and be like yeah we're going to talk about wisconsin sports and become a thing it's like i don't think so dude it's pretty saturated and the ones that are in there are pretty well established and they just 
freaking dominate. So they are doing a very good job. So I, I didn't mean to be anti-Wisconsin sports heroics, just so we're clear. I think they're, Robin is a good dude over there, and they got some good people over there. I just, uh, you know, there, there was just the one article that I was like, come on, man. I guess it either tickles me, it irks me, whatever you want to say. It got my attention. I'm red and I'm fired. I read it and I'm fired up. So it's, it's the Aaron Rodgers, New York media already turning on a 39-year-old quarterback. And, of course, there's a picture of Rodgers staring evilly into the to the camera, which is really freaking funny. But <laughs> um, So essentially, because of Rodgers' minor leg injury, as they put it during OTA, mm-hmm. um, they are now worried that he is not going to play the whole year. Uh, even though Rodgers is a veritable Iron Man, and unless you literally break his collarbone in half, he generally plays the entire season. Yep. Um, so uh, that's you know, I don't know what warranted the the fear. He's always a little bit injured somewhere. He's always limping. Right. But um, yeah, so they're worried that he ain't gonna uh, make it through the whole year. So then they start talking about that little scare was enough that Jets fans and Jets media are now hopeful that Zach Wilson could <laughs> hopefully learn behind the uh, Hall of Fame quarterback for two years and then come back improved. I thought we were stupid for drafting a quarterback <laughs> that needed improved and putting him behind a Hall of Famer for the last three years. I thought nobody was supposed to do that anymore. Right. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was the old way of thinking, you know, I, but now New York media, which is supposed to be the elite of the elite minds in media, they're all uh, all about that mindset now. Um, oh, no, I'm running out of time. Anyway, there's one more thing I wanted to say. Let's see if I can get to it. Um, where to go? I'm not going to find this in time. <laughs> but essentially, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about how it would be a good idea to let Zach Wilson work on his mechanics, work on his throwing motion, work on all this stuff that we should be working with quarterbacks on because now, you know, taking time to coach a quarterback is a good idea. Well, anyway, I'm out of time. Perfect timing, right at three minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what it is, and, and, and this is just the, the, the plain reality of it, it's, it's, it's bias. It's no different than what you see when you look at the left and the right on from a political spectrum. If something happens, let's say on the right, what does the left do? Oh, that's the worst thing we've ever seen. Then what happens when it goes on on the right, on the left? The left says it's not a big deal, they defend it, and the right says, "Oh, this is the worst thing we've ever seen." And it just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It's it's so painful to watch. But it's the reality. It's the same thing. You asked Jets fans a year ago about Jordan Love. It's never. It's he's he's a bust. It's garbage. It's all this stuff. And it's like, well, he's been learning behind Rodgers. Don't you get any credit for that? No, nobody cares. But when that exact same scenario pops up in New York, suddenly that's like a big thing. Like, dude, he's going to learn under Rodgers. He's going to be amazing, even though we saw how bad he was. And and you know what? There's there is some truth to that. Like maybe he can take some time to learn from him, and that'll be a good thing. He was drafted in the first round for a reason. If, if it had happened in Chicago, it would be the same thing. If Aaron Rodgers got to play in Chicago, they would be saying the same. Like, Justin Fields is going to learn from Rodgers is the greatest thing ever, right? If, if he went to Minnesota and they drafted a quarterback, that would be the greatest thing to be able to learn behind Aaron Rodgers. 
But it's only because it happened in Green Bay and they hate Green Bay that they're not going to admit that and they're not going to talk about that. And the fact that nobody seems to want to bring that up shows how widespread the bias is. Because, I mean, that is that is a painfully obvious positive for Jordan Love that doesn't ever seem to want to get brought up. I say it every single time I talk about Jordan Love, but outside of Green Bay media, podcasters, whatever, you're not going to find it very much. Nobody seems to want to put that in the win column for Jordan Love. So, yeah, it's it's just it's all nonsense and bias. Nobody can be objective. Nobody can can just be honest about the situation. It's only a matter of everything you do sucks and everything we do is going to be great. Jordan Love's going to be a bust despite sitting behind Rodgers for three years. Uh, Zach Wilson's going to be amazing because he's going to sit behind Rodgers for one. Okay. Hey, Ryan. This is Kyle from Atlanta. Lightning Kugels again. I listened to what you had said. Um, I'm not sure if you know, you're even aware of what uh, FanFest was. You should look it up. It was kind of basically like a Comic-Con from Lambeau Field where ex-players would come and you'd get like autographs and little meet and greets with them and stuff like that. Um, it was probably about 10, 15 years ago. You should look it up. It was kind of cool. Whenever any other listeners ever got to go do that, I was there the day after Favre retired when Rogers was officially announced as starter. I actually got a picture with him and everything else. It's actually really cool. I wish they still did that. Anyways, like, see what you guys gotta say. Thanks. Bye. Um. All right. I'm trying to find something about Fan Fest. I don't. I don't know. I also don't know what you were referring to. You must have called in about it before. I don't know if I said something wrong or what. Green Bay Packers Fan Fest meet and greet tickets and VIP packages. Is that that thing where people pay to show up and like Rogers came out as like a cowboy and then they like sit at your table? Because I, I think, do they not still do that? Maybe after COVID they stopped or something? I remember recently they were doing that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, geez. I, I, I just clicked on the next call and I can already see the word vegetables in here. Is that Why is there always a theme of the day? And why does today have to be vegetables? Hey, Ryan. It's Joe the janitor. Hey, Joe. From Connecticut. Uh, so- what you going to do with that gun in your hand, right? Hendrix, no? Okay. Oh, I just wanted to touch in on the whole vegetable thing. Okay. Um... Honestly, I think there's just two types. There's the people that like vegetables and the people that don't. Yeah. If you like vegetables, you can eat them steamed. You, it's I love vegetables. I don't. I've always loved vegetables. I don't need to put cheese on it to make it taste good. That's for sure. If you put cheese on it, it might taste a little better. I, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm in the category of people that like vegetables, and you got the category of people that don't like vegetables, like yourself. And even the people that put cheese on vegetables because that makes it edible for them. They don't, you don't really like vegetables. Then. Um, anyway, vegetables are delicious. It's not always a healthy thing. I can give crap less about my health. I pound down 12-pack of PBR every day. I still eat my veggies. Show them. Fair enough. There you go. Still would be curious, though. Would you, would you take, like, green beans over french fries? Like, some days you're just craving them? Like, you know what? Give me the green beans, man. I don't know. I just, I can't, can't imagine that. And again, I'll reiterate, I wish I liked them. Make my life a lot easier. Just be like, dude, you just have vegetables a lot. Do you ever crave vegetables or is it just like, this is, this is good? Like I, for like I've been saying French fries. I've never craved French fries in my life. I've never been like, dude, I want some French fries. It's just like a thing that you get on the side and it's like, oh, these are good. But I've never been like, dude, let's go to McDonald's and just get fries. You know what I mean? So is it is it like a craving thing, or is it just like, if it's there, I'll enjoy it? 
Because yeah, if I if I enjoyed vegetables, I would eat so many vegetables. Because it's just filler, you know. It's like I'm gonna have I don't know a ham sandwich and a salad with everything I eat. Because salads are massive and they're like four calories. <laughs> I mean, assuming you really like them, you don't need to dump a bunch of ranch on it. Which just don't do that, you know. Just have like cucumber and dude, I just pound down a cucumber. Just be like, now I'm full. That's good. Fortunately, everything I like, if I eat it in quantities, it's uh. It's a good amount of calories behind it. The exception of fruit, but you ever try to eat a lot of fruit? It's not, uh, it's not great. First of all, the sugar, a lot of sugar, and that's going to spike your hunger. So you're going to eat it, and you're going to feel okay for a minute, and then you're going to be starving. Second of all, freaking heartburn, man. That stuff is so acidic. You wake up and just pound a bunch of fruit, oh, the heartburn is brutal. It's a little much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. I just, every day, need to just, like, oh, you know what else I could do? I was thinking about something stupid to do on a live stream, because sometimes people do stupid stuff. Generally, like, I, ideally it would be alcohol, but I don't drink. You know, like, it, there's uh, these guys that I watch, if you donate, they'll, like, slam some booze or whatever, and by the end of it, they're freaking hammered. I think it's just, I think it's funny, and uh, I think it serves them well. I should just get, like, a bunch of veggies. <laughs> if you donate, I'll eat a vegetable. I was thinking hot sauce. I think that'd be freaking hilarious. You know, just because it, trying to do a stream, while just pouring sweat and crying. I just think that'd be funny. Maybe everybody hated and be like, just be serious and give me the details or something. I don't know. I think it'd be funny, though. Get some of those, like, blazing hot things. Or, like, on hot ones where there's, like, a row, like, where it starts off not super hot and then it gets bit hotter and hotter. And, you know, the bigger the donation, the hotter it is. And then I sit here and just die. It'd be funny. These are the things I think about. Completely unnecessary. Nobody asked for it, but I'm like, you know what would be funny? because <laughs> i'm a stupid idiot but yeah man that'd be cool by the way if you like vegetables a lot and you don't eat a lot of them what the heck is wrong with you that's like cheating like it, 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 it you gotta understand the world i live in the better it tastes the worse it is for you and then when you there's a line that you cross and on, on, the, on the other side of the line is things that are actually good for you and i don't like stuff on that side of the line again with the exception of fruit which is okay some stuff like oranges are freaking delicious, but, you know, some of it is, like, apples, eh, they kind of, they make me sick, too, which is weird. Got some kind of weird allergy or something. I looked into it. I think it's something in the skins. I'm not sure. Maybe it's the wax they put on apples. I don't know. Do you know there's wax on apples? It's freaking crazy. I can't imagine just seeing food all equal and just saying, well, there's stuff over here that's healthy and delicious, and then there's stuff over here that's unhealthy and delicious, and I'm going to stay on the unhealthy side. Like, why would you choose that? Just stay on the other side. I mean, you know, like, eat your, eat meat, which is healthy. Meat and vet, like, I just make, like, a steak and some green beans and a baked potato and be like, this is perfect. You can't load up the baked potato, but, uh, yeah. The heck is wrong with you people? Maybe veg, all veggie people are healthy. I have no idea. Pretty sure that's not the case, though. Shame on all of you. Some of us are really struggling over here. <laughs> You've been handed the keys to the city and you won't even walk in the door door of the city. I don't know. What, what, what does that stupid key even do? I feel like if there's a key to the city and it doesn't at least unlock something, it's stupid. Just invent a room that, that it, the key opens. I don't care. Put something in the room. What are we talking about? Hey, man, it's Jimmy. Um, hey, Jimmy. I've got a theory. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about Rich Eisen right now and, um, you know, talking nicely about big names and maybe that's just a shtick and whatnot. It got me thinking. We have nothing, no skin in the game. We can say whatever we want about anybody because nobody's listening. Right. And we don't have access. We have nothing at stake. 
I wonder if, you know, when you listen to the big names, if they speak glowingly about the big names because they don't want to piss off the big names. Which <laughs> just sounds kind of obvious and everything, you right. know. But, you know, it's, it's about access to some extent, you know. Um, a lot of people, you know, this respect thing um, could also be spun as just pissing someone's ass. But here's another side of it, which is that maybe some of these big-name commentators also, how do I say this, they don't want to, they they, they feel um, um, a little bit, it's kind of like every if everybody keeps saying, saying nice things about all the other big names, then nobody's going to call out the big names, and then everybody who is a big name gets to remain a big name. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like, um... Like uh, Rich Eisen Dalvin has too much at stake yeah. to call out the big names because then his big name could be uh, at risk. Anyway, that's my uh, brand new, unformed, nascent thought. I'll let you see if you can cobble it into something. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, that, that falls in line almost exactly with what I was saying with Colin Coward. The issue with the big national media guys is their job is not to give you what you want. It's not to give you the information you need. It's not to be objective. It's not to give you the right opinion. His job is to further his career. That's his job. And that means kissing the butt of his bosses, his executives, his coworkers, you know, the, the other elitist media members, the, the, uh, um, you know, the, the guests that he has on his show. You start bad-mouthing guests, they're not going to come on your show, with the exception of Colin Coward and uh, Baker Mayfield, which was kind of a funny situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, and so, yeah, that is that is what a lot of guys do. That's what, um, uh, what's his name? The, uh, oh, come on. Pat McAfee, right? Pat, Pat McAfee doesn't talk bad about basically anybody. Everybody's a dog. When No, they're not. You're just saying nice things about everybody. So trying to go to these places to get actual inside information is nonsense. Now, some of the guests that they bring on, like Michael Lombardi, he doesn't give a crap about who he talks bad about or talks good about, but that's because that is his career. He He's already got an established... He he is who he is. Everybody knows who he is. And his, his inner circle is other guys on the inside. And, and you know, the, these executives, and you hear it when... Uh, Bob McGinn does his scouting stuff. The way that these guys talk, you know, when he gets insight from scouts, it's like, this guy's a piece of crap, fat, stupid, lardo, douchebag, idiot. I mean, they, they don't care. That's how they talk about people. So, you know, when, when Michael Lombardi talks to his uh, executive friends, that's just, that's you know, this guy's a freaking bum and he's a loser and all that stuff. But a lot of these media guys won't do that. They like everybody. Everybody, you know, oh, oh, come on. You think he's not a good... Of course, of course he is. He's, he's a great player. <laughs> but that's why these aren't the places to get good information. And and I, I guess I would just say buyer beware if you got people that are... And there's good people that do this, but, you know, one of their core things is like getting players on the team, uh, on their show. I, I'm not going to get players on my show. Because if anybody from the Green Bay Packers found my show... It would spread through the locker room that this guy's a douchebag. He's talking bad about this and that and the other thing. If I don't like a player, I'm going to say I don't like a player. They're playing poorly. They're bad. That's just the way it is. 
You know, it's going to be hard to get Kenny Clark on the show if he finds out that I'm over here saying the dude hasn't been good in like four years. He's not coming on the show. And so I have to choose. Do you want to climb the ladder and try to get inside the locker room and be cool with everybody and try to get in with other podcasters and then try to get in with like media members and radio hosts and everything else and, you know, start rubbing elbows and go to events and see if you can kind of get in with this person and that person to further my career? But if you do that, you have to calculate everything you say and again the way you're calculating it isn't you know what what is the best right opinion it's what is the best opinion that i could give to portray a certain message that's going to help further my career and the and the higher up they go the the less you can trust their opinion because they've got to watch their back every word they say has to be very calculated for whatever it is and and everybody's got slightly different aims and it depends what you're your uh your whole thing is i mean you got guys like skip and whatnot and that's that's kind of the way that they do things but the problem with them is although they're willing to be adversarial it's fake adversarial it's wrestling you know it's it's wwe you pick a good guy you pick a bad guy and then you go fight you pretend fight and the more you can make it look like a real fight the better that's all it is so yeah you're right i I, rich eisen talks glowingly about people because these are his like his colleagues his friends so, again, do whatever you want. If you really like those shows or whatever, that's fine. But if um, if you think that you're getting higher quality insights because you're getting higher quality people, I think that that's ne- not necessarily true. Again, aside from some of the guests, like they'll have Ian Rappaport on. Well, yeah, for sure. But that has nothing to do with Rich Eisen. Sometimes he has insights. Great. But again... It's nothing to do with Rich Eisen. It's just, hey, this is what people told me. So I care about what those other people said. I don't care what Rich Eisen thinks. It doesn't carry a lot of weight. Anyways, that's just my thought. And again, I think you're right. I think that there are other factors at play that outweigh how can I be as objective as possible. Why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Hit me up on Venmo, pack uh, podcast if you want to support the podcast. Please consider Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry if you'd like to support uh, a ministry. Check them out, fertilegroundranch.org. Uh, you can find the link in the Facebook group. You can find it pinned to the top of my Twitters. And the Facebook group is actually pinned now. Uh, I did not do that, but it's pinned to the featured portion, which is right at the top, so you can find the link there. Please consider giving everything um, will help. We are now over 5,400 donations with over 60 donors. So we are cruising, and I love to see it. And thank you guys so much for all your help. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Jimmy again. Um, hey, I got a totally different thought. Um, I hear you talking about Dobbs and... Um his inconsistency and whatnot and how he'd be much better with consistency and how all the receivers had this terrible four-game stretch. And I, I don't really understand how the grades work, so I don't know if it's quarterback-dependent, but I was just thinking about, man, if I remember noting how many receivers that were open that Rodgers wasn't seeing or throwing to and just the general concept of them not being on the same page um, for all the reasons that have been well-documented. Is it possible that um, some of those low grades were due to a lack of connection with the quarterback, or is it just simply independent and based on, like, how well the receiver ran a route and, you know, things that don't have anything to do with the quarterback? So that's my question. I don't know. I don't know if my theory makes sense. So if, uh, you know, if it is based on production, um, I feel like they would have to tie the quarterback in. And if that's the case, maybe this is another example of what could be addition by subtraction because we have a quarterback who's invested in these young receivers now as opposed to who we had last year. That is my thought. Jimmy out. Well, it's a good question, and I'm going to start off by saying I just had a ridiculously massive sneezing attack, and now I can't breathe through my nose at all, so I'm going to sound like an idiot. For the remainder of the show, I don't know if it's allergies or what. I just took some allergy medicine. It's not doing anything, and I'm upset about it. Um, so this kind of brings me back to one of the issues I've had. Every time I try to do like my own grading or whatever, you can't make a perfect grading thing. You just can't. Let me give you an example based on... I know this isn't your question, but based on what you're saying. Ideally, grades are entirely independent. But that's impossible. It's impossible because it's, for example, if Christian Watson runs a route, and let's say it's a little crossing route, and he's not super open, but sort of NFL open, you could look at that and give him somewhat of a positive grade. Just be like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but whatever. What happens, though, if Aaron Rodgers throws it to him, he catches it, and he runs for a touchdown? Of course, they're going to give him a lot higher grades. But... He can't have that opportunity if he doesn't get thrown to. And that also goes to play calling, so which which does mean that grades necessarily are going to be inflated for teams that have better play callers and better quarterbacks. That's just the way it, it is. And, and ideally, you're not going to 
you're going to try to erase that as much as possible. But if you entirely erase it, well, then you're looking at situations where a guy will have 400 yards and seven touchdowns in a game, and he could end up having just a pretty average grade. Because, yeah, you got open those few times, and congratulations. But a lot of other guys did too. And there wasn't any massive separation. Other guys have huge amounts of separation. You're getting, like, barely separation. And we kind of have to stop counting after you catch it because it wouldn't be fair to the, the people who aren't being thrown to or they're being thrown at, but the quarterback sucks and, and, you know, the person misses. So you want it to be entirely independent, but it can't be. With that said, however, I don't think a quarterback can make you have a bad grade. Now, he could have helped, you know, instead of it all, you know, the, the big positives after he throws to them outweigh the negatives and it ends up being a more positive grade. That's entirely true. But, I mean, when you look at the entire team, because there were defensive players. I, I was talking about it the other day with uh, Clayton or yesterday or whatever. Uh, Stokes also had a rough four-game stretch in that time period. So I don't know what happened. The only theory that I have is Rodgers broke his thumb and everybody lost hope. That's it. He broke his thumb on his throwing hand and everybody lost hope. And you couple that with Rodgers not playing well and that affecting the wide receivers, and it just it spiraled out of control. But everybody, for the most part, was pretty negatively affected, and you could see it on the field. But I, I think w- without even knowing the grades, I know for a fact that the any grading system has to incorporate, unfortunately, some of the aspects of, of, of the other players on the team. I mean, think about Romeo Dobbs benefiting from Christian Watson, creating more space underneath for him to run through, whereas other guys on other teams maybe couldn't do that. Why should he get credit for that? It's so hard to kind of narrow in on what it is that makes you a great wide receiver. And even if you can, there are other guys that might have those same abilities but are not getting the opportunities to showcase it because of the guys that are that are playing around them. Okay, apologies. It is the third time I've called today, and this really will be my last, and this is the first time I've ever called three times in one day, I think. Anyway, I just wanted to say I shared your whole diatribe about the first person to uh, think about killing an animal to eat it, and um, I just got to tell you, dude, that was exactly the thought that... Uh, I reflected on for like 22 years of being a vegetarian, which <laughs> I'm sure is a striking, like, um, troubling thing for you to imagine someone choosing. But that confusion confounded me <laughs> to the point of just not eating meat for quite a while. Um, I've been back, been back for some years now and happy with that choice, but I just was uh, shocked to hear you have the same kind of uh, dumbfoundedness that that I went through. Um, I know it, but I just wanted to uh, give you that uh, bump up on that thought. Go uh, back. It it really is funny to think about. I, I I don't know what could have possibly encouraged somebody to want to to do that. I guess. I mean, I guess if if you think about like people stranded on island, you hear about stuff like you ever watch those shows where they get like stranded on a raft for months at a time or whatever. They'll catch a fish for the first time in a very long time. They're starving to the point of nearly being dead, and they start craving like the eyeballs of the fish. Now, sitting over here where I'm sitting, I can't imagine sucking the eyeball out of a live fish. But the point is, I think your body kind of 
directs you to do some crazy stuff. So maybe it kind of started as like a scavenging thing, you know, like somebody's starving and there's a dead animal and you're just like, I don't know, dude, I don't know why, but I'm going to, I'm going to eat that thing over there. And then, and then again, the whole fire thing, like, I don't, was that an accident? You think? But I guess you can kind of see it getting to that point if you realize that stuff is kind of gross, you know? Uh, like if there's maggots or bugs or whatever, and you're just like, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm going to kill everything with this fire real quick. And then you realize it tastes real good, and you just keep doing it. But it's just weird. I'd love to go back and just be like, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you doing? And why? Like, I, I appreciate you doing it because it got passed down to me, and... I just had a pulled pork sandwich, and I'm I'm happy with my life. So I'm, you know, don't stop. I'm just asking, why are you doing that? I don't know. Hey, y'all, this is Dakota, uh, that nerd in Tennessee again, and I just listened uh, to. Oh shoot, it was a minute ago. I got really busy. Was it Joe? Joe the janitor? What's up, man? Uh, you know, him make the comment about um, how Reese's peanut butter cup was a bar, and then. Uh, of course, Ryan, you staunchly stand on the, no, it's a cup. Uh, and then you found out that there is a Reese's bar. And I do agree, we do have to find out whether it has the right peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Uh-huh. Because those little mini cups that Reese's make doesn't have the right ratio. It don't taste the same as the big cups. Right. But anyway, um, so I'm glad we found that. Because I was actually about to call in and, and mention that. But I'm glad I listened through and heard you talk about the bar. Uh, but here's my question to you. So I, I have a buddy that, that works with me, and we're big candy freaks, right? So we were just talking, determining what are the units of candy. So a bar would be a unit, right? And then some bars break up into further units, like the Hershey's bar, and then some don't, like, uh, I don't know, Butterfinger, right? They don't break up into further. But it would be a bar, right? And then we got, you know, the pieces. So a piece, like a Skittle or an M&M. All right, those, those are pieces. Reese's pieces, right? So I was trying to figure out what other cups would there be? Because, Ryan, you have stated that a Reese's peanut butter cup is a cup. And there are many different versions of a peanut butter cup. But other than a peanut butter cup, what else is there? And I landed on this. Rolos are a cup. Oh, yeah. They are, you know, wider at the, you know, one side and then thinner. On the other side, so they got a wider base and a thinner top, or you can flip it, whatever you want. Uh, they come individually wrapped, just like Reese's do. They, Reese's come in a little cupcake wrappers, and Rolos come in a bag that are individually wrapped. So I would count those as a cup. Now we got to figure out what are all of we got pieces, bars, and cups. What other, and then we got the hard candies, which I think are a subgenre of pieces. Uh, I don't know. So we, we need to flesh this out further, y'all. Um, what other cups? Would there be? That's my question. Uh, and I should research it because that's kind of what I do. I am a nerd and I like to research things, but um, I don't have time today. So <laughs> I decided to give you a call and see, see what everybody else might have thought about it. All right, y'all. Peace. Yeah, I'm trying to think about a cup. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the uh, Rolos being a cup. I think that's fair. I mean, it's basically the, it's a miniature version of a... Reese's, you shrink it down and put caramel in the middle and you got yourself a Rolo, which is a delicious candy, by the way. Um, I'm trying to think of some other uh, units. So you got dots, right, which are kind of its own thing. You could just call it a piece, but I think it'd be fun to kind of expand it out a little bit, you know, so that, you know, a piece could be a lot of different things, you know. So if you say a piece of candy, it doesn't really tell you much, but if you say a dot, you kind of know. 
You could do Bean. Same same uh, thought behind that. Kisses. I mean, it's just one thing, but it's its own thing, you know. What would you call a pixie stick? Like the powder inside of there. I mean, you could just... What, what would a, <laughs> a unit of candy powder be? I don't know. You wouldn't say a stick, because then I'd be thinking like, uh, I don't know, something else. And what's a ring pop? So many different candies, dude. What about gel? Remember that gel? You got the push pops. You got airheads. Uh, candy cigarettes. I mean, you could you could come up with a lot of stuff for a candy cigarette. Pez would probably just be a piece of candy, I think. Candy necklace, pop rocks. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. I think that's basically what they try to do with candy is you take the same crap and just put it in different shapes and forms. Come up with stupid spellings for basic names, and there you go. You got yourself a candy. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Yo. How's it going? So, I just listened. I have to say, I almost feel prideful in the fact that I got you to go on a 16-minute tangent based on my rhubarb yeah. uh, ruling I requested. But I am heartened to know we're on the same page there. And yeah, man, you're, you're exactly where my headspace was about our ancestors trying things. Um, it's hilarious. Um, I used to be do. Uh, I was a therapist for a while, so there is a name for when you want it, when you have to put things in your mouth. It's called pika. Okay. Like so, you like you'll hear about people that like pull their hair out. It's called uh, trichotillomania. People just can't stop ripping their hair off, and then trichotillomania with pika means you're putting it in your mouth and you're eating it. So our ancestors had pika, right? So that always gets me. The other thing, though is all the different milks of the world that our ancestors had to figure out. I'm just envisioning some prehistoric men or women. And, you know, I get, I get that they can figure it out because, like, the babies drinking the milk. Okay, great. But when they're convincing the guy, like, hey, I think we should go try that milk. <laughs> Frank, why don't you get over there and uh, go get a big butter full of that, bro? That that could be good. That could be a winner, you know. Like, so some poor ancestors of ours over the years just trying to milk all these different animals and like, oh, that tastes horrible. What do we do? Oh, let's make cheese, <laughs> right? Make cheese. When the milk's gross, just make cheese with it. Anyway, talk to you later. I don't. I don't get any of that. I, I still don't understand. So, all right, freaking cheese is just moldy stuff. Mushrooms are a, a fungus, which I st- I don't understand why. I still don't know why we eat that. But then, like, even aged me. I don't understand that. And I'm sure it's pretty easy to explain, but I don't get it. Because when I got food in my fridge, I better eat it quick because that's about to go bad. And then I got to throw it in the garbage and I'm going to throw a temper tantrum about how we're wasting money, even though it's my fault. And that doesn't take very long. But yet, on the other side, you got people who are like, you tell you what, I'm going to let it go so bad that it grows mold, and then I'm going to cut the mold off, and then I'm going to cook it, and it's going to be great. I don't get it. What are we doing here? And yeah, cheese is just like, let's just take this stuff and let it get moldy, and then it'll be great. I mean, I I don't know. I I guess you can kind of understand how bad stuff like that will happen, just because stuff gets i mean i don't know how you got to the process of making the cheese to begin with because that's a huge involved process but whatever we got this thing and it starts to get moldy and you're like i don't know dude we're starving over here we can't afford to throw stuff out just eat it 
And uh, for some reason, you appreciate the taste of it, and you just kind of keep rocking with it. I guess the same with meat. Because, again, I was mentioning, you know, why A1 sauce was invented. It's, well, you didn't, back in the day before we had the type of refrigeration and hygiene and all that stuff, and, and food science that we had, a lot of times you eat food that went rotten, got spoiled. And so you want to put something on it, you douse it in ketchup or something to kind of hide the rotten taste. And there you go. So it happens. But we still do it on purpose. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't get it. Maybe it's just because it was a different time then, and we just don't really do that stuff now. I mean, we, we still kind of discover things, but they all kind of make sense. You know, we're aspiring toward things, but just don't have, like, I don't know. I'm going to light my house on fire and see if there's some benefit from it. Then, oh, yeah, it turns out, like, actually it's going to harden the wood when you light it on fire and the heat's good, you get like free heat from it because it still emanates embers. You know, like, I, I don't, we don't do stuff like that. <laughs> we just leave everything alone and go about the way that things have been. Just keep eating the berries, dude. You know, I don't know. I got to try stuff. I mean, I'm glad you did, but like, again, cheese is such a, how did you even how did you even discover the cheese? Like you just accidentally drop a bunch of stuff in milk and like, oops, oops again, oops again. Let me stir up all the oops. All right, let me run it through this filter. Oh, look, there's stuff on the top. Let me scrape that. Let's save all that. Let's get it moldy and let's eat it. Like, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Cheese is cheese is made by curdling milk with bacteria and rennet. The curd is then cooked, salted, cut, pressed, and aged to create different kinds of cheeses. Who's doing that? You know who's doing that? Those freaking morons on Facebook who are like, let's make spaghetti on the table. Those guys are going to, one of these days are going to accidentally discover something great. It's going to take a lot of garbage, but that's where these things are going to come from, right there. People are just bored back in the day, dude. Hey, Ryan, Kyle again. Hey. I totally forgot I was going to bring something else up here. It's a, it's a meat. The topic is meat. Okay, Good great. meat, like steaks. Okay, so I've mentioned this before, but um, my lady is, she's from Kazakhstan, actually, so kind of European, oh, Asian. Right. Um, but they cook a lot of their food a lot like the Irish. Like, they just boil everything okay. forever. That sucks. And so you don't grow up there eating medium rare anything. Um, it just doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> and so, um, which those of you out there that um, are in relationships with, with, with people from other countries, like, great experience. All your little witty American pop culture quips don't mean anything, right? It comes down to the basics. And food is definitely one of those common languages. But I find myself having just this major struggle because, like, I have to intentionally, like, go against everything inside me. And I have to cook her steak. Like, my steak will come off the grill, you know, like two, three minutes aside, you know, just, I don't like the whole, you know, pass it through a warm room, knock the horns off. Yeah. I don't like it quite that rare. Right. But I like it, you know, nice, medium rare. Medium rare is perfect. Yeah, that's how I so do my, my steak's done. And then I got to sit there and just turn this beautiful steak into charcoal Oof. for her. And of course I do it. But like the whole time inside me, there's just this inner, inner voice weeping out. Because of just the crime of I get it. it, I get it. And we were we went to a nice restaurant in the Dells a few months ago. Got steak, 
and, and she ordered it medium. And having worked in restaurants, like, there's nothing worse. The chefs get so mad when customers send back steaks that they ordered, that they cooked how they ordered it, that they wanted more well done. They just go postal. And she sent this medium steak back, like, five times. I thought the chef was just going to, like, quit his job and come out and just throw his apron at us and, and walk out the door. But, uh... Oh, it, 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 it hurts me, man. So, yeah, state temperature, I guess, is the topic. And also, I just need the support. That's all. All right. Peace. Yeah, that sucks, man. Uh, and I'm guessing you've had, like, conversations with her about it as far as, like, you know, I understand this is how you've done it, but it's wrong. And there's actual, like, science behind this. And so, you know, you should eat it like this because it tastes better. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I don't want a steak well done. I don't. I don't just be like, I would prefer it. I mean, I'll get something else. I'll get a cheeseburger. I'd rather have a well done cheeseburger because there's more fat. You got the cheese on it. My nose is going again. You can tell, can't you? Why spend all that money for a steak just to turn it into something that's tough and doesn't really taste super good? Get something else. But yeah, I know. I was listening to. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn is his name. He's a big, he's real big into science, the science of meat and all that stuff. And somebody had asked a question or something to the effect of, I think they were in South America, and they were talking about how, well, if if, if you need to, you know, if, if you're eating well-done steaks and they don't taste good, it's just because people in your country don't know how to do it right. And he's like, no, that's bullcrap. This, is, this isn't uh, a cultural thing. It's a science thing. There are things that happen when meat hits certain temperatures. You know, when you're talking tenderness, you're talking flavor, you're talking uh, juiciness. It doesn't matter how you do it. So, I'm I again, I'm guessing you've had conversations with her or at least asked her to try it. Like, I know you are grossed out by pink meat, but I promise you it's food safe and it tastes really good and you should just try it. And she might just be repulsed by it and as soon as it hits her tongue, she's going to like gag and be like, I can't do it, it's disgusting. That's entirely possible. But again, I, I would just... I mean, does she, like, she loves the taste of it, or I don't know, I don't get it. Because, you know, uh, my buddy Blaine and I are on a crusade to teach people about pork chops, the the greatness of pork chops, and, and the theory that we have is nobody likes them because back in the day you had to cook them to 165, so we all grew up eating these, like, tough, dry, garbage things, which I guess I didn't super mind them, but they weren't great. And we always had, like, the thin bone-in ones like super thin i don't know if you had those but we did pan fried pan fried to death probably cooked to 250 degrees no probably not my stepmom was a decent cook but anyways my thought is if everybody was eating well done steaks there wouldn't be as much popularity for steak and then you'd have to kind of do the same thing and come back around and be like look no trust me try it like this but uh yeah i I just i don't know that's that's strange to me to want steak and then want it well done i don't know i don't know what we're doing here but hey, at least you don't have to boil the steak, right? So there you go. Hey, Ryan. Jen from California. Hey. It took me a while. Uh, I came up with a comp for Colby Wooden. I really thought about it for a few days. Looked at his size. Looked at, you know, he's kind of a, a quick, you know, hand-tight guy. I had to really think about it because once we get into these late-round guys, it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, but, you know, he... Has a defensive end and a little bit, you know, a little bit of edge defender versatility, but he's kind of a more of an inside guy, you know, disruptive on the inside. 
my comp is Michael Bennett, the pass rusher. There you go. Uh, probably most known for being a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah, he's very good. But um, disruptive, hand fight guy. Um, yeah, that was my... Uh, yeah, it took me a while. I was thinking about Cameron Jordan, but Cameron Jordan's more of an off-the-edge guy. He never, He doesn't really go inside as much. But, yeah, I think Michael Bennett looks like the, you know... You know, because he was most effective when he would go inside and be in the uh, either three technique or playing an inside uh, four eye. But yeah, that's that's what I was uh, coming up with. I think I'm gonna skip Sean Clifford because I know nothing about quarterback when it comes to that stuff. When it, you know, these guys from small schools, they just where'd you go? Um, once we get these late round guys are hard, so that's all I got. Go back though. Well, I'll tell you what, if we've got uh Michael Bennett, I mean hopefully not personality wise, but play wise, that would be uh be a pretty fantastic situation. Alright, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna figure out what the heck is going on with my face. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.